Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter number three, and um, I want to do something a little different tonight, uh, if it's all right. I want to answer a question that was proposed just uh, about a week ago, and rather than just give, you know, an opinion or give some kind of a vague answer, I want to give you a a Bible answer. And so, um, anyway, a few days ago in our Q&A, Miss Nellie, I think that's right, Miss Nellie asked this question, will we receive a new name in heaven? And, uh, and so I, I wanted to give, I, I want to give you a Bible. And, um, and so anyway, so much I could say right now, but I won't. I'll save it for, for a later time. My mind's racing here, but let's just get into the Bible study tonight. Revelation chapter three. Well, I'm going to say it was on my mind anyway. I'm going to say it anyway. And uh, so <laughs> two, two questions. I, I Honestly, with all this been going on with mom this week, and I, I thought, Lord, I'm not going to have any time to study before Wednesday night. And, and so I thought, well, I'll just come and I'll just answer a couple questions here on Wednesday night. And so originally I came here tonight planning on answer, answering two questions. And um, I was going to give each question about 15 minutes apiece. And so one of the questions that was asked was, what will our relationship be with our spouse in heaven? And, uh, and so, I, anyway, uh, the reason my line was racing because I've been studying on that this week as well. And I studied one guy, and man, he just gave this whole thing. I mean, this whole study on how it's going to be with our spouse in heaven. And he was just going on and on and on and on and on. I'll be honest, it sounded really good. Uh, the only problem with his exegesis was there wasn't one Bible verse included. And the truth of the matter is, I don't want to hear your opinion. And you shouldn't want to hear mine. What we need to know is what this book says. And so, you know, we can, uh, we can say what we believe until the cows come home. But uh, if, if we don't have Bible to back it up, it's not worth anything. And so I want to, I said all that to say this, I, w- I want to make sure we have Bible to back up what we believe. And, uh, and that's why, so tonight we're not going to answer both questions. We're just going to answer one because the more I study this out, the longer and longer it got. All right. <clears throat> so Revelation 3, let's all stand tonight if you, have an op- if you can. And we'll give you an opportunity to stretch your legs. And uh, let's read Revelation chapter 3 tonight. We're going to start in verse number 7 and read down through around verse number 13. The Bible says this, and to, the, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that, uh, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set uh, before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, 
which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And so you may be seated tonight, and we're going to do a little Bible study. That's what this is. This is not a preaching sermon tonight, just a little uh, lesson that I want to give you tonight. But will we receive a new name in heaven? What does the Bible have to say about that? And so um, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll jump right into this tonight. And I hope it'll be a, a, a blessing to you. Keep your Bibles open because we're going to turn to several places tonight. And so um, isn't it a blessing that we can study God's word this evening? Let's pray. Father, we love you. And thank you for the opportunity to be back at Calvary again tonight. Lord, thank you for the great service. Thank you for the great music. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful missionaries that we support. And Lord, that we have the opportunity to pray for them and to let them know that we're thinking about them, God, and we're mindful of them. This, they're not just somebody that we send a support check to, but Lord, they're somebody that we're thinking of and we are uh, mindful of their needs and, and uh, we're mentioning them here at Calvary and so, Lord, thank you for missions emphasis. And God, we just appreciate just all you've done tonight. It's been so good. And now, Lord, as we take just a few moments and close this service out with some Bible study, I pray that you would uh, knit our hearts together. Lord, Brother Brandon prayed it right. Lord, on Wednesday night especially, we're cumbered about many things. We're thinking about the job. We're thinking about homework. We're thinking about meals. We're thinking about, um, Lord, just all the different things that press upon us. But Heavenly Father, for just a few minutes... Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd help us to phase all those things out, and I pray that we would focus on the most important thing, which is thy word. We know that you've magnified your word above your very name, and so Heavenly Father, teach us, and I pray that all that's done tonight would glorify the Savior, and that we would leave here tonight better Christians than when we entered just a little while ago. We love you, Lord. We ask you for your help. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. I heard a statement the other day, and I like it. I wrote it down in big, bold letters, and it went like this. The fear of every preacher ought to be that he's answering all the questions that no one's asking. Let me say that again. The fear of every preacher ought to be that he's answering all the questions that no one's asking. And what that means is this. I want to answer the questions that my people are asking about the Word of God. What good is it if you come here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and I just give you some kind of little, some kind of little sermonette and it doesn't help you, it doesn't move you, it doesn't challenge you, and well, I'm so thankful, you know, even for the, uh, the, the, the question and answer that we've started in 2022. Boy, how many know it's been a blessing? Amen. It's been a blessing. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I love about the Q&A is that if it has not done anything else, it's got people's wheels turning. And it's given, I believe it's given us more of a desire to study the Word of God and to find out what the Word of God has to say. So here's the question. Will we receive a new name in heaven? Are we going to have a different name than we have right now? Or are we going to have a different name or a new name in heaven? So let me begin by saying this tonight. I do believe the names of the redeemed are going to be written in heaven. I do believe that. In fact, I believe this. I believe it's going to be our personal names. Now, 
You say, Pastor, where in the world do you get that from? Well, take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn over to Luke chapter 10 in your Bibles, Luke chapter 10. And um, again, I've got just mounds and mounds of scriptures tonight. I'm, I'm you know, uh, pretty convinced there's no way that we can go at all these scriptures tonight, but I'm gonna, some of them will try to turn, to turn to others. You can just jot them down and I'll read them for you from the pulpit. But Luke chapter tw- uh, 10 and verse number 20. Now the Lord has sent out his disciples and he's given them power and boy, they've been out preaching the gospel and they've been healing and they've been casting out devils. And a little bit later, they come back to the Lord and man, they are so excited that they have been given this power, this supernatural power to do uh, wonderful things with. And look what the Lord Jesus says in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 20 in reference to that. He says to his disciples in verse 20, notwithstanding in this Rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, notice the last phrase, because your names are written in heaven. And so he says to his, to his disciples that your names, your names, I believe that's a reference to, to personal names. Your personal names are written in heaven. We say, well, preacher, it doesn't necessarily say that. That's true. But I would, I would go on to say this. Revelation 21 seems to imply that personal names are going to be used in heaven. Personal names are going to be inscribed in heaven. Now, you say, pastor, Where do you get that from? Revelation 21 and verse number 12 says it like this about heaven. And had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels and names written thereon which are the names of the 12 tribes uh, of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them the name of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And so I believe that that's a reference there, the personal names. And so thank God, you know, regardless of where we fall on this, boy, thank God we can know this, that the redeemed are written in heaven. Amen. And if you're here tonight, you're born again, you're saved, you know you're on your way to heaven, boy, thank God you can rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Thank God for that. And boy, thank God those names will never go away. So will we receive a new name in heaven? Is our name gonna be changed? When one of these days when we, when we arrive there, um, is God gonna change our name? Is he, gonna, is he gonna refer to me as I'm referred to now or is there gonna be a new name when we get into heaven? Well, let me give you a few thoughts here real quickly tonight. If I could, I hope there'll be a help to you. Number one, we noticed that the changing of names was utilized in the past. It was utilized in the past. Now, partly because in the past, a person's name meant so much more than it does today. Now, I'm not saying your name doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying that, uh, uh, that a lot of times parents in trying to figure out a name, they'll just pick out a, they'll, they'll go get a baby book, you know, and they'll go through that baby book and they'll just look for a name that sort of stands out to them. And, uh, and so they might name a baby a certain name just because they love that name. They like that name. I'm saying that, say, say this, that back in Bible days, that's not the way a name was assigned. A name was assigned to a certain individual because it, it was a description of their very character. So when a name was changed back in the past, 
It's pointing to the fact that their character had been changed. Uh, and by the way, church, that is a testimony to the fact that God has always been in the business of changing characters, and he still is. Did you know that? Did you know that God changed lives in the past, and thank God he can still change lives today? Uh, and, 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 I, and I thought about this too. Did you know that God can change a character when nothing else can? Did you know what AA cannot do, God can do? And what narcotic, uh, nar, narcotics Anonymous cannot do, thank God, God can do. And what programs and classes and churches and pastors and preachers and, and missionaries and evangelists, what they cannot do and what a mom and a dad cannot do. Boy, thank God, God can do that. And so, boy, aren't you glad tonight that as far as God's concerned, there are no hopeless cases tonight. You say, well, preacher, I've been praying about this uh, individual. I've been praying for a loved one, and I've been praying for months, been praying for years, and so far it just seems like that God hasn't answered uh, any advice. Yeah, keep on praying, keep on praying, because what you cannot do, God can do, and I believe that God hears our prayers, and I believe that God answers our prayers, and I'm just glad tonight that I serve a God that can change the character of a man or a woman. Thank God he can take you out of the mire and it can put you in the choir, amen. I'm glad he doesn't just save to the uttermost, but somebody said he saves to the guttermost. And there's a lot of truth in that. And so the changing of names was utilized in the past. What are you, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, let me show you. Take your Bibles and turn over to Genesis chapter 17 and look at verse number one. And just give you some examples as we're going through this Bible study tonight. And we notice in Genesis chapter 17 that Abram's name was changed to Abraham. And God is the one that changed it. Genesis 17, verse one, interesting story. The Bible says, and when Abram, notice the name, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Look at verse five. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called, what? Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Now again, understand that names had meaning back in this day and time. The word Abram or the name Abram meant exalted father. But the word Abraham means a father of a multitude. A father of a multitude. And so God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I'm gonna change your name to Abraham, father of a multitude. Now, wait a minute. Is that significant? It's pretty significant. And I'll tell you why. Because Abraham or Abram, let me, let me get it right. Abram and Sarai were barren. They were childless. And God comes to Abram and says, I'm gonna change your name to Abraham, the father of multitudes. Now, and Abr Abram's thinking, Lord, I don't even have a child. I have a servant. I don't have a child. And God says, Abram, I'm just telling you that I have the power to change your character. I have the power, 90 years old, but I have the power to give you a child if that's what I wanna do. And so we notice that it was used in the past. 
Let me me show you another example real fast if I could. Turn over a few more pages to Genesis 32. Genesis chapter 32 in your Bibles and look at verse number 27. We notice that not only was Abram's name changed to Abraham, but we notice that Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Genesis 32, 27. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob, by the way, anybody believe that God didn't know what his name was? Don't raise your hand. Anytime God asks a question, it's not because he's searching for an answer. Anytime God asks a question, he's wanting a response. And so God says, I know what your name is, but what's your name? I want a response. He says, and he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Interesting uh, and, and important. The word Jacob or the name Jacob means supplanter. It is a, it's a name that means to supersede, especially by force or treachery. In other words, Jacob had that reputation of treachery, of deceit. Jacob was a deceiver. He was a supplanter. He was able to to get Esau to give up his birthright. That was Jacob's, I mean, that was Jacob's nature. That was Jacob's reputation. He was a supplanter. And God comes to Jacob and says, Jacob, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your name from Jacob to Israel. I'm going to change your name from supplanter to God prevails. God can do what nobody else can do. And Jacob, I understand that all these years you've, you've lived with that reputation. You're a treacherous, you're, you're a deceiver, you're, you're a trickster. And God said, I'm getting ready to change your character and I'm gonna make you a prince of God. Man, oh man, oh man. Listen, boy, church, aren't you glad tonight again that God can do what you cannot do? And thank God, listen, thank God that there's still hope in Jesus and God is able to change the character of men and women. And so the changing of names was utilized in the past. Quickly tonight, how about this number two? We notice the changing of names will be utilized in what I'm gonna call posterity, which means the future. The changing of names will be utilized in posterity. Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter number 62. Isaiah 62. And I wanna show you something that's gonna happen in the future. Hey, Calvary, did you know that in the future, Israel's name is going to be changed? How many of you have ever heard Squire Parsons sing a song called Sweet Beulah Land? And we love that song. It's a beautiful song. But some of you never knew where that came from. What is Beulah Land? What is Beulah? Let me show you. Look in your Bibles at Isaiah 62, verse one. The Bible says, for Zion's sake will I not hold my peace and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth and the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory and thou shalt be called by a 
new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou, verse four, thou shalt be, no, thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hephzibah and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee and thy land shall be married. And so God comes to Israel and says, Israel, in the last day, I'm gonna change your name. I'm gonna change your name from forsaken and I'm gonna change your name from desolate. I'm gonna change your name to Hephzibah. What's that mean? It means my delight, my delight. In other words, God is saying this, one of these days, Israel, you're gonna become my delight. Now, you've turned away from me. You've rejected the gospel. You've not accepted my son as the Messiah. Uh, you, you've, you've pretty much done everything wrong that you could do. But God said, there's coming a day when I'm gonna change your name to Hephzibah. And he said, you're gonna be my delight. Not only that, but he said, I'm gonna call you Beulah. You say, Beulah, what does that mean, preacher? It means married wife. Married wife. In other words, God's saying, one of these days, you're gonna be married to me. One of these days, boy, I'm gonna be able to treat you like a husband would treat a wife and like a wife would treat her husband. And there's gonna be an intimate relationship there. And you'll go from being Israel to Beulah land. And so the changing of names was utilized in the past. The changing of names will be utilized in posterity. But I wanna tell you something else. The changing of names was utilized by the pagan by the pagan. Now, what do you mean? Pagan kings would often change the names of the people that they conquered, and specifically slaves. Now, now, now and, and get this, because this is really important. You say, preacher, why? Why would they change the name of the people that they conquer? Why would they change the name of the slaves? And here's the reason. So their names would no longer reflect God. But so their names would reflect paganism. Can I show that to you? Would you take your Bibles tonight and turn over to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter number one, and look at verse number three. Now we've all heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego but that was not their name. That was not their name. Well, yeah, you said, preacher, yeah, three Hoover children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that was not their name. Look at it, if you will. Daniel chapter one, verse number three. Daniel one, verse three. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. These were smart guys, by the way. That's what that's saying. These were very, uh, these weren't, you know, uh, these were smart, intelligent fellows. Verse five, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was their names. That was the names they had. But, when, but we notice here that when Israel was conquered, the Bible says that the king, this pagan king, changed their names. Look at it, verse seven. 
unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar. <laughs> How many like Daniel better? I like Daniel better. And he, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar and to Hananiah of Shadrach and to Mishael of Meshach and to Azariah of, Abad, of, of Abednego. Now, <clears throat> you say, Pastor, I don't get it. Why did the king, why was he so insistent upon changing their name? This is the reason. Because their name was a reflection of Jehovah God. The name Daniel means this. God is my judge. Boy, nobody wants to hear that anymore. That sure bud wasn't politically correct anymore. God is my judge. Daniel's parents no doubt picked that name on purpose and they named him to remind them of God, to remind Daniel of God. God is my judge. And yet the king changed his name to Belteshazzar, which means this, the Lord of the straightened treasure. It's a financial term, a money, a money name. And then Hananiah. The word or the name Hananiah means God has favored. But he changed Hananiah's name to Shadrach. And it basically means the great scribe. Oh man, we're going somewhere on this. I just got something, man, hot off the press just now. It wasn't even in the outline. You know what these people were labeled by? They were labeled by their work. Well, we're, we're, we're there today. We're not labeled by our godliness anymore. We're labeled by what we do. We're labeled by our work. That's what he's doing. So he, he pretty much gives Daniel a name that means treasurer and he gives Hananiah a name that means scribe. And then Mishael, Mishael means this, who is what God is. Isn't that a neat name? We're gonna name you Michelle. Who is what God is? Wow. Why would you like to have a name like that? And that's amazing, isn't it? And the king changed his name to Meshach. You know what it means? It means guest of a king. Azariah, Azariah, beautiful name. It means Jehovah has helped. And he changed his name to Abednego. It means the servant of Nebo, a false god. Now, again, the point being this, that they changed, the king changed their name so they would no longer reflect God, but they would reflect paganism. You know what's really sad? America got in on this. We're doing the same thing. You say, preacher, that's terrible. <clears throat> that's terrible that they, that they did that kind of thing back in that day and time. What are you talking about? They're doing it in this day and time. We're changing all the names. Man, we're rewriting history. We're changing everything around. Our modern culture's changing the name so we can be politically correct. Everybody's gotta be PC. We're living in the new can, uh, can, uh, you know, cancel culture and you know, if you don't dot every I like I dot every I and cross every T like I cross every T, then I'm just gonna cancel you. And if you don't, you know, if you don't accept and tolerate and, uh, and promote the lifestyle that I'm living, then we're just gonna cancel you. And so now we're in a nation that's literally changing all the names, uh, names that no longer reflect God and they no longer reflect uh, Christianity and they no, no longer reflect values and holiness. You say, what do you mean, preacher? It happens every day. It happens in our Congress. They'll say, 
you know, after they've met, they'll say, now here comes, you know, Reverend Big Bottom. He's going to lead us in our benediction. Well, why don't you just call it what it is? It's called prayer. Why don't we just call it prayer? Why do you have to call it benediction? Now, I'm, I'm not against that necessarily, but I'm just saying, why do we got to change all the names? And now, we don't even say benediction anymore. You know what we're saying now? Let's all bow for a moment of silence. What is, what is that? A moment of silence. You know what that is? That is the world trying to change all the labels because they don't want to hear you mention prayer. They don't want to hear you mention anything that has a reflection of God that points you back to the church, that points you to God. And so we're not going to pray. We're just going to, you know what? It's not okay for the kids to come to school and pray. If they want to come and have a moment of silence, it's the same thing. But they're changing the names. What are you talking about, preacher? It's no longer Merry Christmas. It's happy holidays. No, they're not happy if you don't have Christmas in there. Take Jesus out and it's not happy anymore. Merry Xmas. No, it's not merry if you don't have Jesus in there. But that's where we are. And several years ago, uh, a lot of the businesses were encouraging their employees. You know, when folks walk in, don't say Merry Christmas, don't say Merry Christmas. You might offend someone. Oh, listen, why don't you get over yourself? And if we want to say Merry Christmas, we'll say it all day long. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. You say, Pastor, aren't you afraid you're going to offend somebody? Not a lot. But we're changing, listen, we're changing all the names. We don't say Jesus anymore, now it's a higher power. We change the names to no longer remind us of sin. The drunkard is no longer a drunkard. He's an alcoholic. The sodomite is no longer a sodomite. He's a homosexual. But now we change that. Well, it's just an alternate lifestyle. No, no, it's not. It's not an alternate lifestyle. You say, Pastor, shh, Pastor, shh, shh. This is on live stream, shh. Somebody better start speaking out about it. Because if we don't, man, our kids, our kids are going up, they're not gonna know what to say. I'm telling you what, we are living in a, in a modern day Babylon society where the names are being changed all over creation and it's time that God's people start standing for what is right. The whore is no longer a whore. She's a prostitute. And now we've changed that. Now she's just a woman of the night. Uh, the drug addict is chemically dependent. The liar has a colorful way of telling the truth. No, it's a lie. If you don't tell the truth, it's a lie. The disobedient child is not disobedient. He has allergies. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, preacher, that he kicked the nursery worker in the shin and poked the other kid in the eye, and it's really not his fault. No, it's not his fault. It's your fault. And no, it's not his allergies. And so quit giving the kid allergy medicine and do what you need to be doing. It's no longer adultery. It's living together. It's not immodesty and nakedness. 
It's the style. It's, the, it's not demonic music, it's genre. Now, this is, this is all I'm saying. It might not hurt if we got back to the place where we started calling sin what it is. It's sin. It's sin. You say, we're preaching it was sin 20 years ago. If it was sin 20 years ago, it's sin 20 years now, 20 years later. It's sin. If it's wrong in the sight of God, it doesn't matter what the Democratic Party says or the Republican Party says. It doesn't matter what the President of the United States says. Listen, if it's sin in the sight of God, it's sin. And we need to call it what it is. And so, so several things here. We know it's number one, the changing of names was utilized in the past. The changing of names will be utilized in posterity. The changing of names was utilized by the pagan. But let's, let's bring this thing to a close tonight. Number four is this. The changing of names in heaven will be very personal. Let's look at it tonight. We're done almost, but I want you to look at this. Look at Revelation chapter two in your Bibles. And look at verse number 17. Revelation 2 and verse number 17. Oh, this is good right here. Revelation 2 verse 17. The Bible says this, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Notice this phrase. And I will give him a white stone. And in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth saving he that receive it. Pretty interesting uh, little tidbit there. That white stone, the Bible says we're gonna be given a white stone. Now, I don't know everything that means, but that white stone, uh, the best I could study it out is the idea of a passport. It's like a passport. Back in this day and time, a white stone was used for admission. It was like a ticket. They didn't have tickets like we have nowadays. And so if you were going to the Coliseum for some kind of big game or something, very often they would give you a white stone. And when you went to the door or went to the gate to go into the Coliseum, you would present this white stone. And that white stone gave you access into the Coliseum. I also read this, that the winner of an Olympic style game, which is what they had back in that day and time, was rewarded with a white stone. And that white stone gave him access to the winner's banquet. So in other words, they ran a race and, and the one that won the race would be rewarded with a white stone and that white stone would give him access to that winner's banquet where all the food and the festivities were. And they went on to say this, that if your white stone was engraved with a name, it basically meant it was an all-access pass to all the festivities. Well, our Bible says right there, we're gonna get a white stone with a name on it. You know what I believe? I believe mine. I'm gonna have an all access pass to heaven when I get there. There's gonna be nothing, there's gonna be nothing, uh, nowhere I can't go. And the Bible says that he's gonna lead us and to everlasting uh, fountains and everlasting waters. And, uh, and uh, you know, we believe that the new Jerusalem will probably hover over the, the new earth. And the Bible says the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day or night. I believe we're gonna have access to both. I believe we're gonna live in the new Jerusalem. Those of us who are saved, part of the church, but I believe we'll have access to earth. And the gates are not gonna be shut. And so we can go back and forth and thank God we'll have that all access pass. But turn over a page and look, if you will, at Revelation chapter three. I know we've got to bring this to a close. Revelation chapter three 
And look at verse number 12. Revelation 3, verse 12. The Bible says, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out. Look at this next line. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God, from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. So preacher, will we receive a new name in heaven? And the answer to that is yes, sort of. <laughs> All right, let's close our Bibles, have the closing prayer, okay? No, no, yes, listen to this. We will, we will, best I can study out, we will receive a new name in heaven, but the name change will not belong to us. The name change will belong to God. Say what? God will give us a very personal name in which we will communicate with him and refer to him with. Look, look if you will. Now, look back. Look back at uh, um, Revelation 3, verse 12. Let's look at it again. Him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go, out, go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. Look at this now. And I will write upon him my new name. And so I believe this church, I believe it's a personal name for God that no one else will use. Revelation 9, 19, 12 says it like this. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Now, again, I believe this is gonna be, I'm not even gonna tell you, I understand all of this, but I believe it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a personal name that you and I will refer to God and only you will refer to God with that personal name. Now you say, Pastor, I'm not following you. All right, let me see if I can help you. Grandkids have a personal name that they use to communicate with grandparents. For us and our family, it's Mamaw. That's what pretty much all my kids call my mom. Uh, they call my mom Grandma. But my kids do not refer to my wife's mother as Mamaw. They call her Granny. It's a personal name. You say, well, preacher, we don't refer to our grandma as mamaw or granny. I know, that's my point. It's a personal name. Yours might be Nana or Gigi or granny or grandma or Gran or Queenie or BB. Children have a personal way in which they communicate with a parent. You might say father when you're talking to your dad. If your dad's still living, you might say father. You might call him dad. We call our da daddy. You say, preacher, you're 56 years old. I know, but that's what we've always called him. And we still call him that. When I see him, we call him daddy. Daddy, you okay? Man, I went over there with him yesterday. 
and just we got around him and I tried to comfort him and help him and we call him daddy. You say, well, I don't call my daddy, I call him pop or papa or you might refer to your mom as mom or mother or mama or ma. Now, this is what I'm saying. I believe that there's coming a day, one of these days when we get in heaven, God is, and you say, preacher, I don't understand all that. Okay, we're never gonna understand everything about God, but God is gonna give you a personal name that you can personally refer to him when you are communicating with your God. A personal name. And by the way, this is a testament to the very personal relationship that Christ has allowed for us to have with him. He refers to us personally and in heaven we'll communicate with him in a very personal way. Personal. What's that mean? That means we might not all call him by the same name. I may refer to God in a certain way. Brother Russell may refer to God another way. And when God hears Brother Russell's term of endearment, whichever term that God gives to him, God will say, oh, there's Russell. Hey, Russell. Brother Brandon may refer to the Lord in a different way, and God will know, oh, there's Brandon. Hey, my son. How are you today? Can I show you one last scripture before we go tonight? Would you take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John, John chapter 20? And I got to thinking about this personal thing, this personal relationship and referring to one another in a very intimate way, a very personal way. And the Holy Spirit led me to John chapter 20. You notice here tonight, Calvary, that Mary didn't recognize Christ in his resurrected body until he referred to her personally. Look, look at it, John 20. I love this. I'm telling you, man, I read this again today and I'm about, I about took a run. John 20, verse 11, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the, at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, woman, by the way, very impersonal, Woman, some have said that that word woman in Bible terms, that was not disrespectful. It'd be like us saying ma'am, ma'am. That's not disrespectful. We just don't know who they are. Ma'am, woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I, I know not where they have laid him. And, and when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus Jesus said to her, woman, ma'am, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, sir. <laughs> Impersonal. Ma'am, sir, sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, here it is, <laughs> Rabboni, which is to say master. By the way, check it out. It's only used one time in scripture. Get your concordance out tonight and look it up. It's only used one time. He said, Mary. And as soon as he addressed her personally, she said, 
Rabboni. Use one time. You know what? Personal. You know what I believe in heaven? Whoa, I got chills just thinking about it. One of these days, when we get in heaven, it's going to be personal. It's going to be intimate. It'll be like me walking up to my mama and saying, hey, mama. Hey, mama. Personal. One of these days you're going to get in heaven, and evidently God's going to give you a white stone that's going to be an all-access pass to God's universe and God's heaven and all that that's going to, I don't know what all that's going to mean, but man, oh man. Somebody says, preacher, why did God make all these other universes and cosmos and all the other planets and we're never going to be there? Somebody says, preacher, you believe there's life on these other planets out in the other galaxies? I don't believe there is. You say, well, God, why God, why did God make it? I believe one of these days we're going there. I believe heaven's going to be a glorified field trip. Amen? I, I believe I can prove that to you from Scripture. And for all of eternity, we'll be on a glorified honeymoon. And we'll refer to him in some kind, in some kind of a personal endearment that he's going to give personally to you. Wow. Isn't the Bible amazing? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time we've had together tonight. God, thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you're concerned about us having a personal relationship. I can not only serve my God, I can know my God. I don't just have a Savior. I've got a personal Savior. And Father, he's so personal he is so personal and you are so personal that one of these days when I close my eyes in death and I open my eyes in heaven, you're gonna give me a personal name that I refer to you by. And for all of eternity, I'll use that new name Lord, thank you for showing us something from the word tonight. God, maybe there's somebody here tonight or somebody watching by way of the live stream that does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But tonight, that would change. Father, tonight they would give their heart and life to Jesus. Lord, I pray that would happen tonight on this November the 2nd, 2022. And then, Lord, maybe there's somebody here tonight on this Wednesday night that just needs to tiptoe down to an old-fashioned altar and say, oh Lord, I wanna have a more personal relationship with you. God, I love you and everything, but I want it to be personal. I want it to be intimate. God, I want it to be close. So Father, I pray you'd have your way in this invitation and thank you for what you've shown us tonight. In Jesus' name, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hey, can I ask a question or two? I know this is mainly our folks here tonight, but you never know. Is there anybody here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure. I am not sure that I would go to heaven 
and I want you to pray for me. Anybody like that here tonight? Right now, you just slip your hand up. You'd say, Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody that I can pray for tonight? Preacher, I'm not sure about heaven. Pray for me, please. Pray for me, all right? Let me ask you this, though. Is there somebody here tonight would say, Pastor, oh, listen, I want to have that personal relationship. I want to I want to be so close to the Master that I could call him with a special endearment. Preacher, pray for me that I'll have a closer walk. I want a closer walk with Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you tonight, you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to have a closer walk with Christ. I want it to be personal, personal. Amen. Yes, many, many hands around the house tonight. Let's all stand tonight, if you will. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're watching the live stream right now, there's a number on the bottom of your screen. And we would love for you to call this number. If we can pray with you, if we can share the gospel of Christ with you, I want you to call right now. And we have some folks waiting by the phone who would love to take your call, share Jesus with you. Would you call us right now? Father, I pray that you'd have your way in this invitation. Lord, thank you for this book. What a book. Lord, it never gets old. It never gets stale. Lord, it's always fresh. Lord, thank you for showing us something. I believe that's going to help us. Father, I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. Maybe tonight there's somebody that needs to make a move toward the front. Maybe tonight somebody needs to come and just say, Oh, God. Help me to have a better relationship. Help me to have a closer relationship with Thee. God, I want it to be intimate. I want it to be, I want it to be so close to You that I can feel, I can feel Your heart beat. So tonight, Lord, I pray that You'd have Your way. Save those that are lost. Encourage those that are discouraged. Father, break the bonds of those that have an addiction. Change their character. Change their name tonight. Lord, please, we know you can. Have your way in this invitation, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm gonna make my way to the front just for a moment. If we can pray with you about something or help you with something, we're here. You come tonight while we wait.